past or dead phenomena or you know and 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 in, and in that statement you're not really aware of i mean if you're not mindful then you then what you're doing is just kind of dismissing it which is another like with the problem because it is what it is you know it's not not to to say because something is a is a, is anicca dukkanata that it that it's not important or it's not significant or it's not uh, painful or anything like that. It's, it is what it is. So like like conditions can seem very important to us, and, and then but then we can say. We can, Ajahn Sumedho says they're all just empty phenomena. Anicca Dukkana, get rid of them. Don't hold on to anything. And that, then you're attaching to the, to the ideas of, to the, to the words rather than uh, actually doing the practice. It's like, you know, people, I, I mean, I've seen myself just dismiss stuff because you think it's only a Nietzsche. You know, and Nietzsche can be a kind of way of dismissing experience. You know, just can't be bothered. The world. <laughs> I kind of think. But then, then you, uh, then, then you see the suffering that you create by doing that. Or even like, like nonsense and, and, and rubbish in your mind. You know how easy it is to dismiss that. I can't be bothered. It's rubbish, foolish, silly stuff. And then you pay a price for that. <laughs> because whatever it is, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. And it needs that attentive, attention and wisdom to it rather than than a judgment about its quality. And then, uh, then you know, if it's important, really getting involved, and if it's stupid, just pushing it aside. see it uh, uh, is like, like when you get conditioned you you have a way of only experiencing certain things you know and you only allow certain conscious things to become conscious and then and it's not intentional even it's habitual so the, a lot in our life is just unconscious because um, We've just never opened the door wide enough to include everything, and and especially if you a lot of fear and 
and things like that influence our lives, fear and desire and whatnot. Then, and then uh, highly cultural, high a strong cultural attitude, you know, of what's right and what's wrong and what you should and shouldn't be. So, you know, I could just see in my own conditioning just the very, very kind of rigid attitudes from a cultural and social background that I'm from and then then experiencing life mainly as conscious experience through the limits of those habits and and then completely rejecting or ignoring the the rest of it and uh, so it's like defense mechanisms is one you know one of the words they used to use in psychology defense mechanisms and repression uh, subconscious uh, all these things are uh, then when you know you when you're in when you're in fairly good health and things are going well you have you feel a measure of control you can live in in your own kind of world if it's not too too uh, threatening to the society you're in and you can uh, and you can uh, feel a sense of security by the by this by the kind of belief and commitment to that the particular way of looking at experience and yourself but then in like when then eventually these things break down and like in meditation what you're doing is you're you're learning to like just sitting for a long time. I mean, ordinarily, you know, people in ordinary life don't sit for very long. They wouldn't just sit and be still, isn't it? They, if they're sitting, they're reading, they're smoking, or eating, or watching TV, reading a book, talking. There's always busyness going on. And then uh, when people... I remember reading a book years ago called uh, From Here to Eternity. This was a bestseller back in 1950 or something. And the, the, uh, the protagonist was put in solitary confinement. He was about American military and uh, put in solitary confinement. And uh, he had, you know, when, when, he was, uh, in the, when he was shut up, locked into a cell, for I think weeks without any contact then he started having all his world started breaking down you know and he started having mystical experiences and and a lot of the unconscious subconscious things would come up into consciousness and then you see that's what's happening in, in meditation a lot of Things that you, if in your ordinary life, you'd never allow to be conscious, become conscious, and that's a good sign, you know. That to that that's a sign that that you're there's, you know, you're extending, you're opening the doors wider to where the, you you can let maybe painful or unwanted or or just habitually repressed feelings into consciousness. And then, you know, in the spiritual development, then you, once you let something become fully conscious, you let it go, like, like you were describing, you're, it comes into consciousness and then 
and you can let it go. You're liberating your mind, or purifying your mind through that. Does it Be be well like mindfulness is a way of letting it be what it is and letting it because you know not to you know the more you can just accept what you're feeling with this more like metta a non judgmental awareness of it then you then then you are liberating it's it's a liberation but if you're judging it on a personal level then you're making, <clears throat> you're, you know, you you get caught in, in a lot of uh, complicated things around it, or you tend to try to get rid of it, or, or, or you believe, or you, you take it in the wrong way, like you think it's something wrong with you, or you think it's, you're putting it in, a, in you can put it in a very personal way, and uh, and see it as uh, a fault or a, a weakness or something in yourself whereas say in terms of Dhamma you're actually trusting in the, in the, in the kind of transcendent awareness what, what it can that which is aware of these things is is uh, is what you're what you can trust and and that the awareness is is what like what we encourage to to seek refuge in awareness rather than in the ideas or or to believe in the conditions in the same old way that you would tend to believe in them through your cultural conditioning like the, this is me and I'm like this and that, that whole way of interpreting experience on a personal level is it we're now looking at it in terms of Dhamma rather than in terms of personal qualities. So that's why trying to trying to put it in that context is very useful. To see like like Mano Vinyan and Dhamma. That they, they see we actually the mental objects are called Dhamma. And so it sounds so easy to follow it. I mean, usually when somebody difficult things come up, I say, whoa, whoa, you know, can't handle this. What are you going to feel so threatened by? And so your mind is very in a very reactive state when these things are coming up. It's not like, oh, just put it in a, you know, in the unconditioned context. It's like when these difficult things are coming up, your mind is kind of freaked out. You know, and so in that, in that mode, you know, it's like, I don't know if I can handle this. It's like you try to put it into... Well, I'm context. just trying to explain to her about... <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying, from my experience, it's a, it, these things are a real struggle. And it, yeah, I'm sorry. But it's, I mean, it's a lot of it's like something that's, you know, even though it, it was there, it's like, freak out, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I can bear it and that kind of stuff. Is there not, on my hand, you know, something that's saying, this is alright, this, this is alright. There's just a little, little light or little voice or something that's saying, you can bear it, it's okay, you can just hold that, 
it is possible, even in extreme uh, it is possible to just hold it. Even actually, I find the more extreme it is, it's like something just clicks and automatically in it that says, that's watching, that's still, actually. It's a still watching and all this stuff is going on. It's a bit like you were saying yesterday, you know, I, might, I might be kind of on the floor in tears and having it, <laughs> like looking like I'm having a big breakdown. But there's something that's just saying, this is alright, just let it happen. It's just the mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's where the just seeing the cessation of in the moment is a it's it's a kind of humbling experience because we'd like to have it cease permanently, never never bother us again. But but where if you, where when you you know you're more aware of just the, the cessation as it happens. And and you and you your that awareness of cessation gives you a stronger sense of the deathless or the emptiness the the uh, amata dhamma, which tends to then give you a stronger faith in in that refuge. Like I find just in my own practice is 
tremendous strength in just abiding in that state of awareness now where uh, because also you know really investigating and and no and observing cessation and and then it, then being able to to let things cease now where there were say in the beginning there was a lot of like like you a lot of desire for them to cease uh, kind of forever <laughs> and never you know like one big catharsis and then 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 it's smooth sailing on a on a on a, on a glassy sea but but um, it it's not you know the vipaka kama ripens in the moment and and it's true just like saying like like even in the in the suttas, the Buddha would say, "I know you, Mara." You know, even after the Buddha's enlightenment, you know, when he was a, enlightened for years, <laughs> Mara. You know, that's the stories about Mara the tempter coming and and uh, trying to seduce the Buddha again, and you know, having a go at him. And then the Buddha, says, "I know you, Mara." That, that kind of thing. So you. You become more like that, you know. I know, I know you. You know, it's okay. You can be what you are, but you're not. Your relationship to it isn't one of fear or identity anymore, but more of this, well, this, this like somebody coming, going. But you're, you're just, you're not getting emotionally involved with it. But for a while, they, you know, it, it is like, like learning to. Uh, you know, sometimes <clears throat> catharsis helps. You know, uh, you know where you, a cathartic approach can help. <clears throat> and then, then, and then, uh, then we think. Then we grab the idea of catharsis, and then we, we, we think. Well, if I'm going to do a lot of screaming because that was cathartic, and then, then, uh, then after a while, it doesn't work. You know, because. Because the whole, uh, you know, the, the catharsis really uh, worked maybe when when you weren't grasping the idea of it, but when it when it becomes a way a, a technique to get rid of something, then it's back to vipawadanha again. So this is where you 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 know you're what if you're if you're using catharsis more in order to see something, you know, then it. Then it's more, but it can easily sink into just being a way of getting rid of something, or any technique like letting go. You know, I found that. And I told you before. This, the words "letting go" were very helpful at first. Then after a while, it didn't work because I was using it to get rid of things, to dismiss. Uh, where in the beginning I wasn't. I was doing it just more or less to observe, to remind myself. You know, to, to to just let this be and watch and and let it be what it is and and and, and but then after a while, and the technique kind of degenerated into a dismissing approach, and then it then it didn't work because of that. So this is where you know it's like you you're not going to find any one way of doing something that. It's going to, uh, you know, it's, I've got it now, and 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 uh, this is it, and 
and uh, I just do this till the end of my life. But but it's more like an ongoing uh, kind of engagement with your karma, and <laughs> and you you know because <laughs> when the karma ripens, you know it's a, you know how you know just in in my own life things suddenly things that you thought were not terribly uh, you know not difficult anymore suddenly you know you think you've passed that one that's not a problem and suddenly you find yourself getting all upset over something again and uh, that you that you thought you'd passed by long ago and uh, and for this kind of experience, then I, I like to reflect on the vipaka kama because because it's it's like like when when this is they say or like Lumpo Cha used to say over and over again vipaka and they use a the word in Thai a lot it's part of the language is the result and results of your life that arise in the present so. And then when the karma ripens, that means when the conditions are there, that, that for this karma, then it, then it becomes conscious. And so then, uh, uh, so no matter what it is, you know, it's, it can be, you know, uh, very, very strong feelings or whatever, or resentments and things like that, that that um, maybe never really, you never really uh, processed that much previously. But when the conditions come together, then suddenly this is this is what you're feeling, and and then you can uh, you get more confident as you practice, and you're more confident in dealing and working with it, and, and letting it go. Uh, I find the things which are experienced and which are painful, they are often only the surface. And my image to that, my comparison is like a diary. You know, I, I might have diarrhea every morning and I eliminate it, maybe even mindfully. But if, you know, I, I, get, I get rid of the rubbish, but it will come just every morning again and again until I really see deeper or go to a doctor or examine what is actually, what is wrong inside. And I see it very similar with rubbish which is coming up into my mind. You know, I can be very mindful over years and years and years. And maybe something will improve or change, but it's really, it's not, it, it wasn't really satisfying for me until, you know, I, for many things, for, for the rubbish which comes up until I look actually what is underneath. And in psychological language, it is um, emotional conflicts which are underneath. So, you know, for example, over months I had very bad feelings coming up about my ordination. You know, until I looked deeper and understood, actually, that there was a very strong judgment, you know, against <coughs> being in the robe and looking like this and not living a life which my father would have liked me to live and which was his demand always on me you know, and this, until I re really saw that internalization of his 
actually what, what he wanted me, how I lived my life. And only at this point it really changed. And, you know, the rubbish didn't come up anymore. Right, into the root. Yeah, it's ongoing. It's, it's, it's like also, like, like maybe you think at first there shouldn't be sharks. It all should be coral reefs with beautiful fish. And then as you you contemplate more, you then you realize sharks are part of it, the whole thing, <laughs> and belong. You know, <laughs> and that like, like I, you know. Before I used to always be very, trying to get rid of the sharks, you know, thinking they shouldn't be here. Everything should be beautiful and these ugly things shouldn't be here. And then there was a kind of always an effort to to get rid of the the other and and hold on to the good stuff. And then, uh, then like the eight worldly dhammas, uh, in Buddhism, you know, like they teach that a lot in Thailand. The eight worldly dhammas, so like a, uh, they're the uh, uh, having high status or being uh, having no status in the in the society, good fortune or bad fortune, praise and blame, happiness and suffering. So, the one four positive, four negative, and and, uh, and then the Lung Po Cha used to say, well. Success and failure teach you the same thing, you know. And uh, if you success and failure, praise and blame, and I found that very helpful reflection because I used to think there should be praise with no blame and success without failure and happiness without suffering and and so forth. And then feeling there's something wrong with me if because the other, you know, because I, I am suffering or I am. A failing, or I am uh, be, being blamed for things, and there's something wrong in that. And then, in, in the overall view, you realize they all belong. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just like the way of what is it that the way of no preferences. <coughs> and that's you know, because it's uh, 
it's like 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 for me now everything belongs you know there's nothing that I experience that shouldn't be it all belongs <laughs> and so that, like then then it's like metta because when you're practicing metta aren't you you're what you're saying is, you know, your your every possibility of every condition uh, is is accepted in the meta mind, not judged. So that was uh, then then, uh, and I think that's that's the the antidote to the highly critical mind where. Where you, you know, where, where you're so, sh- you know, this is right, this is wrong, and this is well, how it should be, and this is how it shouldn't be, and, and, and we're very much conditioned to, to be critical and see things in terms of, of, uh, right and wrong, good and bad. But, uh, in the, and then the, the meta mind is the, like, unconditioned love. There's no, no conditions placed on anything. If it is, things are what they are, and they all belong. So the devil belongs. The the sharks belong. <laughs> and then then you like, like just for me psychologically that that that's a relief to know that because if until you really appreciate that, then you're always caught in this. You've got to control something, or you've got to sort everything out, and you got to make this happen and get rid of that. And so life is an endless struggle, you know, when you're caught in that, in that attitude. Bonham used to ask the right action, like only helpful to reflect on like the Buddha thought about the four kinds of action. And uh, usually the fourth one is, you don't talk about it very much, but find it very helpful to reflect on this because like white karma with white result, black karma with black result and mixed karma with mixed result and then the fourth one he said is like karma which is not a black or white and which leads to the ending of karma and the way he defined it was like the effort to let go, to abandon the, the, the three previous kinds of acting positive, negative and he also defined it as like the seven factors of enlightenment or the non-playful path, which to me is, is a helpful reflection because it's like the Arahant is described as one who has reached the end of Kamma. They no longer are adding anything to the present moment from self-view. But uh, so when I read it, there's this tendency for me to, to feel oh, I should be like that, but I can't because I still have to. I still keep adding these, these things from the self-view onto the present moment, but but uh, but then when I realize, so it's like a realistic assessment of my position that I still haven't reached the, the goal. So I will choose that kind of karma, that kind of action which leads to that goal. So the skillful skillful practices, like enlightenment factors, and I will gradually kind of resolve each, reduce this need to, to be adding things to the present. <coughs> That's where the Paticca Samuppada is really 
good, isn't it? Where, where you get a, a clear view of just the way it is, and where you compound it with something. That, that, that very clear through contemplating that. I got just observing the process, how the mind, consciousness, and nama rupa, and so forth, and then, and just knowing that the process is a, is an impersonal process that takes place, and and where, you know, the result of being having of of being in in a physical form with uh, six senses, feeling, and so forth, is like this. And then I can see in this kind of emptiness of the mind that all this is what it is. I can see if I'm not mindful, then I add to that every moment in some way, make it into something. So when they talk about sankara, they used to define sankara as compounding, compounded phenomena. Right? And that I quite like actually because it's like you're compounding, you're adding. Or in Thai they say prung dang, which is like to prung or dang is like prung, like seasoning food. You you when you season something, you you prung aha, and you, you put some make the food taste like something else. Or uh, dang is to to decorate or to dress up. Yeah. So, so it's like if you if you're just with the with the moment, things are what they are. Then, and they, like the arhan doesn't boom dang anything. <laughs> just, just the thing, you know, it still experiences. You know, like like you still feel. You know, like like the Buddha could still feel and experience everything completely, but but there wasn't the um, the sankara added. There wasn't the compounding of it with anything. That's where you know it's so so important to try to 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 really get a a clear picture of the existential. Conditions that we naturally have, you know, before we become somebody, you know, just just the way it is that we can't help that we didn't create, you know, and it just has to be like this, you know. So, so uh, it's uh, so that you're not, if you don't know the difference, then then you're always getting confused because you're taking everything in a very personal way. You know, so like like your your physical body just becomes an obsession about me, what I look like, who I am, and and uh, because you you've not seen it in terms of what it really is, in terms of not nature, natural phenomena, and where the difference between what it naturally is and what you created into through uh, ignorance and delusion. So like that, that whole process, vinyana, namarupa, salayatana, pasavedana, that, that sequence is very interesting to reflect on, to, to just see, it, it, just the existential 
conditions that are that that are just the way they are that have nothing to do with 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 me uh, you know whether you know they're not I didn't create them I didn't make them into anything they're just like this I think you just have to trust yourself more. Trust the intuitive uh, spontaneity in the present. And if you think, you know, if you if you get if you hold on to it, like, like that's that's the thing where you know what I'm saying is is theoretic, you know, is words, and and it can sound very kind of cool and and uh, kind of kind of chillingly objective about everything and. Uh, but but that's just uh, you're just trying to give give the the intellectual description of it. But in the terms of actual uh, experience, you know, then you're, you're in the throes of emotion and you're and and uh, and passions and so forth and difficult, complicated situations and and. Uh, so, so in, you know, like in a meditation retreat where you say you're, you're subduing everything, and you're, there's more discipline, more uh, kind of spaciousness and, and quiet. Then that's that's then you then it's then you can get some maybe perspective on it. But then the challenge is is in the in the daily life. You see, but, and th- and then I find that you just like you have to learn from experience uh, and um, and also trusting yourself more because if you if you if you tend to identify too strongly with just a, a very kind of quiet meditation practice uh, then then uh, and and think that's where you know then you've got it together but when you go back into ordinary life then you 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 just like uh, thrown into the maelstrom again then you're you know, you're, uh, you'll always be dependent upon uh, solitude and quietness and silence. So, so the, the, the big challenge is in learning to, to be in the middle of the inferno without getting burned by it. A lotus in the, in the midst of the inferno is indestructible. <laughs> and, and so that, like for me, 
what I do is, what I've done is try, try, like, for me, being in the middle of the inferno or in the eye of the storm is it, when I'm in the silent place in my mind, sound of silence there. And I keep referring to that. Because in that place, then, then I can, then I can, uh, you know, then I can get some, per- keep some perspective on the stuff that's swirling around me and the fires and the storms. Uh, and trusting in that more and more uh, and always going back to that training yourself you know like like uh, like when the formal retreats kind of finished and 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 things get say we have to we're planning for this uh, grand opening and, and there'll be the weather weather's getting better and things will change you know it'll be uh, you know, and we, we kind of think, oh, you know, I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> but but in terms of of practice, you know, what what I found really valuable is is developing that sense of of the of the these these symbols like eye of the storm means a lot to me, or the the island that you cannot get beyond, and the. Uh, and the uh, lotus that blooms in the midst of the inferno, because it's just, or the still point, or the axis mundi, or that kind of thing, because uh, that you can all, if you begin to, if, you, if you're holding too much, uh, too many ideas about yourself and meditation and dhamma, and that, then it, then it, it, it tends to, you're, you're, you're comparing maybe the reality of a situation with, with uh, memories of a retreat situation, where where if you're trusting yourself more, just to go into into that place of sti- of silence in the midst of a of the battlefield, see what happens. And even if it's, even if you just even if you can't do it, but just to to know that that's possible is good. Or even if you can only do it for one second. It's better than not being able to do it at all. And uh, I mean, it's not like it's not even a command that you should be doing this all the time. But 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 it, it's it's like a a, a a sense of trusting more, a kind of intuitive trusting in your intuitive, in your own purity, in your own goodness, rather than uh, you know being caught up in the doubts about your own abilities or. Or you know how you see yourself on on a personal level through your the thoughts, and then that that will that will give you a kind of of uh, at least from my experience, it gives you a strength that that uh, that you, then you can uh, kind of be quite fearless with with life because it's. You know, you 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 know your re- real refuge, and you trust in it. But if you think about it too much, if you you get lost, so it's like a, it's like an imminent act, just like stopping, or just I just like the word silence. Now, <clears throat> sometimes I don't have anything to do. I just sit in my caravan and I write silence on a page. Because I want something to do. 
And I've got this nice Mont Blanc fountain pen. I just write silent, 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 silent. And, and the, just the word silence brings up this whole, uh, you know, the, this ringing sound. And, and then, um, and then I, uh, and somehow then, uh, or I use the, uh, Mala beads are good, you know, something tactical that you, you can do, something you can do, uh, say physically do, so I find helpful. And then uh, uh, things like that keep, keep bringing that, you know, so in consciousness, there's this, this more sense of, of uh, remembering that. And then, and then being able to to see the feelings of that that you do have, you know, like restlessness. Yeah, for me, it's really where I am at at the moment in my practice. Really, much more when I relate or in everyday life, really is jumping into my emotions. So for, for example, I know being at the spin dryer and really getting very restless and first as trying to be a good Buddhist you know I try to I try to be mindful of the restlessness and uh, subtly to get rid of it and rather what I prefer now is really becoming fully restless you know, really and, and feeling it in my whole body and expressing it with my whole body and expressing it with my voice and you know, not not to learning for me not not to be afraid of that restlessness. Or another similar emotion, really anger, and really dealing with people and allowing myself to you know to to allow this intensity of of anger. And and only if I do that, you know. After I know it will it will pass like a wave. It will go through me like a wave, and after that, I have a completely different degree of degree of quietness. That if I try to, you know, somehow to to stay to stay distant from it and to yeah. Right, that's what I mean. It, it's not because you're not grasping that. Even you say I'm trying to be mindful, and you're not being mindful because you're not aware that you're trying to be mindful. So mindfulness is being with what is. You know, so it's like if there's restlessness, then, then, and you know that, that restlessness is like this. And then maybe you, then you use your own wisdom in figuring out how to deal with it. Rather than just trying, like the one, one thing is trying to get rid of it, which doesn't work, does it? With restlessness. It makes you frustrated. You get terribly frustrated. But if you're, but if you know, then you're using panya also, because then you're 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 learning. And just trying to get, you know, the idea you should you should you should shouldn't feel this, or you've got to get rid of this feeling, isn't working. So then, then you really really be restless, consciously, totally. Uh, Restless, 
And uh, just so that you're, you, you, but you, but there's a part of you doing it, it intentionally, you know, so that you're not just lost in it as a, like you would be if you didn't know, if you were just <coughs> reacting blindly, like a, you know, to, to pleasure and pain and, 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 but you had no mindfulness at all around it. But in this, then you can actually, uh, you know, find out, you know, if, like desire, like, like uh, Dunha, just want to say, we can think, we, should, we shouldn't, we've got to let go of all our desires is, is, a, is an idea. Um, but then, uh, but then the important thing is to understand desire. So, so like, like, uh, like really know what Dhamma Dhanna, Bhava Dhanna, Vipava Dhanha is. Because you can't really let go of it if you don't really understand it. And you don't know, if you just got a kind of abstract idea about it, then it doesn't work. But if you, if you really feel that, you know, really get, get to know the, the power that's in the desire mind and how kind of, how it moves and things like that. I would say just on a sensual level or on the becoming or, or Whipple would desire to get rid of things. Then, then you can develop your own skillful means around like what, what works for you, what, what helps you to, to make it a conscious you know, you you can really uh, learn from it, and that is uh, that's where where upayas come in, skillful means, where you can use different, you know, cathartic means, or or go talk to somebody you trust, or things like this. It's just, I mean, these things. You know, uh, can be uh, aren't always the same for everybody. Yeah, you're developing wisdom, Jason. <laughs> <laughs>